Hey everybody, welcome to the Evoke Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Hausler. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. These short 8 to 15 minute podcasts cover a wide range of topics to help you get faster. Whether you're looking to win a national championship, finish Leadville, crush Tulsa Tough, get on a Gravel Worlds podium, or simply drop your friends. If we've never met, I'm the co-founder and president of Evoke Bike. I've been coaching athletes since 2010, and I've trained with power for over 150,000 miles. I've also won three Masters National Championships, but I'm mostly proud of my nearly 100 Pro 1 podiums simply because it shows my consistency in the game and my hunger to get better for not only myself, but the Evoke community, which includes you. If you enjoy these podcasts, please leave us a review on Apple or follow and download the episodes from Spotify. And if you want to take your support to the next level, please click the support link at the bottom of this podcast where your donation will help us pay for everything that helps to keep this free podcast going. Now to the show. Hey, everybody. So I want to touch on a topic that Landry and I are going to talk about in upcoming Discord Dojo where... Someone had a more specific question on VO2 max training and gravel racing, so make sure you check that out. But I want to highlight again that gravel racing is not this consistent power. You'll hear people talking about, oh, gravel racing, you have to train a ton of sweet spot. You're going to do a ton of sweet spots, a ton of constant pressure on the pedals. That is very true after extreme matches get lit. And I've used a few of the biggest races that I've done, Gravel Worlds, Gravel Nationals, as prime examples of 100 to 150 mile races. But even DYOR, do your own research, go into Strava, look at some of the top dogs, like any big hitter at now what they call Unbound, go back and look at old DK200, uh, power files, you are going to see that there is consistent steady power that starts around mile 120. <laughs> Guess what happens from mile zero to mile 120? A hell of a lot of swinging. I'm looking at, and I'm going to let you do your own research. I've looked at two very high level pros that have up to an hour of VO2 max and anaerobic time in a 200 mile race. So if you look at where, and then there's also 46% active recovery. So the wattages do fall and uh, get distributed just like other disciplines like road racing, where we are training VO2 max, we are making sure we have enough snap and overdrive in the anaerobic capacity. But this is really misleading to tell athletes, hey, it's, this consi- it's consistent pedaling because there's less coasting, but it is not consistent power. Somebody emailed me, oh, man, I can't remember exactly when this was, but they were referencing a very early season gravel race this year and then a, a race last year, and their big overall focus is gravel. And I said, well, what types of gravel distances are you doing? How long are these taking you? And and the athlete said, hey, it's usually 120 miles to I'm going to do unbound 200 miles. And the biggest problem was getting dropped. And I said, well, when are you getting dropped? Usually before mile 50. I said, okay, well, you know, how strong is this person? Can they really hang with these athletes? And I said, well, what's your training been? There's no, there was no 
touching at all of going hard. And the biggest staple was while I worked up to three by 45 minutes of sweet spot, and this is not me knocking sweet spot, three by 45 minute sweet spot. I was doing some 90 minute sweet spot sessions. Everybody that is not going to win you a gravel race. And you, if you could do that at the end at mile 150, kudos. Great. That's awesome. You need to have that. You need to be able to go very hard in gravel. Just want to, so what does that mean, Brendan? What does going hard in gravel mean? That means you need to do your VO2 max intervals. That means you need to work anaerobic capacity. If there is a one minute surge or, you know, think of gravel worlds. There was the KOM at, what was that, mile 45 or 50, where 20 of us, I went ham sandwich for it, got the KOM. The group, if you can't hang on that 90 second effort, you're getting dropped. Your day is over. There's no way you are catching that lead group of whatever it was, 30 that were left. So you need to still have those efforts. Now, let's shift. And you might be saying, well, I'm not trying to race in the front group. I'm just trying to have a great day. That's fine. If you're still trying to have your best day, that most likely means your fastest time. Your fastest time is still going to be having the capacity to go hard over rollers, small climbs, you know, it's, it's not going to just be you sitting and pedaling at a consistent power. Think of yourself on the course. There are downhills or slight gradients down where you can be going pretty darn fast at endurance and tempo, and you don't need to be riding up a threshold and saving a little bit of that juice to go harder when it's a 90-second effort that all those little surges, you can cut a lot of time off on those if you can go over threshold. Also, lastly, I don't want to beat this to death. This will be a fast one. If you don't go hard and you're just training sub-FTP, assuming you can ride consistently, when those surges do naturally come on gravel, you're going to get fatigued much sooner than if you had trained that. So make sure you get the high-intensity intervals in. You don't have to do it two times a week. You don't have to do it three times a week. You don't have to go crazy with it. But yes, you do You do need to do it. You do need to build that capacity. You do need to build that repeatability. Gravel is not consistent, steady, sweet spot power. And if you want to be in the front group, you better come with it because people are battling and it's megawatts. The end. Crush it. Let's go.